Hello, lifers. This is Heather Drew, and this is the Life in the Whirlwind podcast on location. I am in Norwalk, Connecticut, on Long Island Sound, on vacation with my family. And I'm coming to you from the water. I'm sitting right near the water. There's a chicken coop next to me. You might hear some clucking. Uh, You might hear breeze and birds and all kinds of vacation sounds including my children yelling in the background because they're playing a game. So, welcome to my vacation. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) Today is episode 29, and this episode is called Seeking Peace Within and Without. So, um, hold on, let me grab this, actually. So, one of the things that um, last week, when I had Phil Monroe on on this episode, he and I started talking about... um, you know, we, we ended up talking about shame, which was great. Uh, not shame, but talking about shame was great. And we actually had a really great conversation after the episode was over. That tends to happen sometimes where you, you know, think of things that you kind of wanted to say and you didn't think of at the time. So I'm actually going to pick up kind of where we left off to some degree because the conversation we had afterward was really interesting. And I thought maybe you'd like to keep talking about this. Um, So I'm going to read to you a quote from last week I read from the book, The Life of the Beloved by Henry Nouwen uh, for the blessing. And I'm going to read to you a very short quote from the same book, The Life of the Beloved by Henry Nouwen. He says, the way to spiritual exhaustion and burnout is that that compulsive drive to find my well-being in something other than the truth that I am the beloved of God. Well, you and I don't have to kill ourselves. We are the beloved. We are intimately loved long before our parents, teachers, spouses, children, and friends ever loved or wounded us. That is the truth of our lives. So, um, end quote. So what I like about that is that, you know, last week we talked, Phil and I talked about, um, Phil mentioned something about development and, you know, how, what, I think I asked him something like, what would you say to someone who, um, or what's happening with somebody who sort of needs this affirmation and love from people, right? Like seeking peace outside of us. What would you say to those people? I think I said that to him. And then he talked about a little bit about development where, you know, children need to kind of understand where they stand early in life like they need affirmation they need loving words they need all these things and some adults even though they are physically adults they are emotionally they have not gone beyond childhood because they were never affirmed or they didn't receive the kind of love and affirmation and kindness and in that realm of development so that's what we talked about last last uh, episode. But another thing, one of the things that Phil and I talked about after the mic was off was that we are experiential beings. And, you know, one of the things we said about the episode last week was that we really need to go beyond thinking about this shame topic or, you know, flourishing topic. We can't just talk about it. We have to actually experience things that's the kind of people that we are 
It's important for us to experience things, for them to be real to us. We can't just talk about them cognitively or describe them, right? So one of the things that I really like about Henry Nouwen is he seems to be very... He's, he just describes well. Um, I think he calls this the inner chorus of truth. And he talks about how we all need to receive affirmation and affection and loving words and kind words uh, and all kinds of emotional need meeting from others uh, to develop this inner chorus of truth. Like we can't just assume that you know, people will just pick it up. Like the first time I say, you know, I've said this to clients before, you know, you are like, I care for you. You're, you're so much stronger than you think you are. And I mean it, but it's so hard to believe, right? I can't just say that and expect people to believe that right away, nor myself. So I thought of an analogy that might be helpful. I actually thought of a couple analogies. Um, I was sitting it's amazing how much inspiration comes when looking at the water, I must say. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time on this porch swing thinking about life. <laughs> and here's an analogy that I sort of came up with when I think about seeking peace within and without, uh, outside of us and inside of us. So we can't seek peace inside of us until we find it outside of us to some degree because we need to know what it looks like. We need to see what it looks like. Have you ever thought about how you have never actually seen your face before, your own face? It is literally impossible for you to see your own face. I hope you're not trying to do this right now. It's kind of a fun experience. It's kind of a fun party trick. Um, you can't see your own face because your face sees your face. Your, your face sees things. The part of your body that sees things is in your face. So you can't take your eyeballs out to like turn them around to look at your face. You get the point. But here's the thing. So, you know, you can say like maybe when I first said that you're like, oh, well, you know, I've seen my face a million times. I see myself when I walk past glass, a window or a reflection like in a mirror. I, like right now I can see my face reflecting in this glass that's in front of me. I can see my face, but I'm not actually seeing my face. I'm seeing what my face looks like, but it's not actually my face. It's a reflection of my face. So I think this is a fairly good analogy because I think the mirror is comparable to hearing affirmations and hearing the truth about ourselves from others. It's, it's like you can't know what your face looks like uh, until you see it in a mirror. Like imagine if there was no such thing as a reflection. There, was no, there were no mirrors. You didn't see yourself in glass or water, you know, when you passed by or whatever. You would literally go through life not knowing what your face looked like. So it's like mirrors. People are mirrors. And this analogy goes so far. This is why, I mean, sometime I would probably, I'm definitely planning on doing a, at least one episode on relationships because 
um, I'm reading this really good book right now about relationships, like soul friendships. And I want to talk about it when I'm done. So I'm sure we'll talk about this, but people are mirrors for us because they reflect to us things that we can't see ourselves. And I'm not just talking about weaknesses or whatever. I'm talking about the truth. Like we need people. We seek we seek love from others. We seek approval from others. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just a fine line to walk. Because I think we can get so wrapped up in what other people think of us that we forget to develop the inner chorus of love. So we seek peace outside of us and forget that where it's really stored up, the truth of us, the truth about us, the truth of God loving us and him making us in love uh, I think we forget that and we forget that it lives within us so when I say <laughs> you are beloved do you believe me I've said that a few times on this episode I've said a few times you know you are beloved my friends because you are and I understand that some of you don't even know me except for this podcast. So why would you believe me? But, you know, that's one part of it. But the other part is that it's really hard to believe just hearing it. We have to experience it. But how do we experience things? We experience things through practice. So this is another reason why I think this mirror analogy works so well or this, you know, I have this other analogy coming up in a second here, but I think that's why this analogy works so well is because we kind of need human relationships to do this practice of experiential understanding of this. So we need to practice inside of relationships uh, believing that we are loved. And I, I, I have a couple of, you know, a, I have a few friends who one in particular that I'm thinking of who will occasionally just be very effusive, like just be very affirming, say, like cut straight to the heart of me and speak to my soul. And when this happens, my first, I think I've mentioned this, my very first reaction is oftentimes this person is full of it or nobody is this nice. Like I, I've heard myself say those words in my head. Nobody is this nice. <laughs> Isn't that messed up? Like I should have the opposite reaction. I should, I should have, you know, I would love it if I lived in a world in my mind where I was so in tune with my oneness, with a loving God who created me that I could hear those words and I could just go inside and just be like, yes, I know. I know this is true. And um, not in false humility, not in, not in arrogance. You know, those are two sides of the same coin. Like false humility is one side. And then, you know, like, oh, no, stop. That's not true. Um, and then there's arrogance of like, yeah, I know I'm great. You don't have to tell me that. You know, it's just that's a whole other thing. But wouldn't it be great if when my friend said to me, these kind, true, they're true of me. They're not just like blowing smoke up my butt. They're true of me because this person speaks to directly to my heart oftentimes. And wouldn't it be lovely if I could just say, yeah, I, 
I feel like I kind of understand that. Like I'm, I'm in touch with that deep current of myself to know that ugh, every day, if I could wake up feeling that and tapping into that, how lovely life would be. What a different life that would be. Here's my second analogy for this. The mirror is one. The second analogy I thought of is this. And um, not too different, but it kind of dawned on me. I forget. Oh, because I was reading this Henry Nouwen quote, you know, this inner chorus of love, inner chorus of truth and love. So think about a choir for a second. A lot of times, you know, very rarely is the person... Uh, is there is the person who wrote the music in the choir usually it's like a person who a conductor or a a writer you know a person who writes the music a songwriter or a com a composer writes the music and then the choir sings the music well you don't think about like wow this choir is really dumb this is dumb that they're singing this guy's music or this woman's music like this woman should sing the music or this guy should sing the music. No, it's like, wow, what a beautiful rendering of this music. So this is probably very similar, you know, it's the choir, this chorus, this choir, these singers, these people in our lives who feed us truth with their words and kindness the things that are actually accurate about us, the things that are true, um, that we are loved, that we are beloved and, and good, inherently good. You know, these people are singing somebody else's music. They're singing something written by a God who... I wish I could... I feel like I'm beginning to understand it. I definitely don't know how to communicate it accurately. I hope to someday communicate it, or communicate it more accurately. But I think you have to be also, I think you have to be willing to try this on. I think that there's a lot of resistance to this that brokenness and shame creates. So I think a lot of you who are listening to this, if you're, um, I've definitely been in this place before, um, Maybe you're resistant to hearing these things. Maybe you're, which sounds crazy, right? Like, oh my gosh, why would I be resistant to hearing that I am so loved and made out of love? I know, I totally get it, but we are. I don't know why. I don't know what that's about, but part of it is shame, I believe. And part of it is just the brokenness that the baggage that we have, the stuff that we carry around with us that we have to be willing to put down to some degree to try this on and try on something different something lighter something more true so this music this choir music helps us to hear this message of unconditional love right we've talked about transactional versus transformational i'm pretty sure god i really hope we have <laughs> sometimes i do these episodes and i I don't write outlines and then I go back to see what we've talked about and I don't have time to listen to the episode so I don't remember exactly what I said. I hope I've talked about transactional versus transformational. Oh yeah, cuz I talked about the, you know, the prodigal son and the um not the prodigal son, the uh parable of the wealthy landowner, the vineyard owner. Anyway, that episode 
can't remember which one it was, probably three or four weeks ago. But um, this music helps us, this music of the choir, these people around us telling us the truth about ourselves, the truth that is written by a loving God, this divine uh, love that literally penetrates everything and oozes in and out of everything. It's like in flow. I'm sitting here in the middle of nature. Like how can, I can't even look at this stuff and not imagine there's this loving, absolutely creative being behind all this that also made me and breathed spirit into me. Let's just stop and think about that. But this music helps us to accept. Like when we hear these words from others, we, may, we get a little closer to accepting the songwriter's truth about us. Um, and it helps us, I think, push back on the stories that we talked about last week, those shame stories that are untrue of us. It helps us push back. So it's like you fake it till you make it. You kind of use these truths to say, you know, I, I, I try that on and I don't, I don't buy it. You know, like if somebody ever says harsh words to you or I don't know if you've ever, I'm sure you've received some kind of letter or something in text or something that's sort of painful to read. It's, it sort of cuts to your core and you feel a lot of shame or you feel sadness. And there's this part of you that might be able to say, you know what, I, I try this on and I normally I would just wear this. I would like take this on and just totally own it as my story. But no, I'm not going to do that. Like I'm just going to I'm going to listen to the music of what's true about me and I'm going to move into that space and I'm going to just keep trying that on and see what happens, right? Uh here's a here's a little story for you. So yesterday Hold on, I have to adjust a little bit because I'm in a weird, funky position here. Um, Yesterday on our beach vacation, we were eating shrimp for dinner. And, you know, when you're at the beach and you get your shrimp off of the boat that you watched come in in the afternoon, (laughs) you you get them with the shell on and they're not shelled or deveined. You just take them whole whole and alive. And, um... We did that. So we had a yummy shrimp dinner last night. And my daughter, who's seven, I think you've heard her before. She started one of these episodes by saying, hello, welcome to the Life in the Whirlwind podcast. Um, She was sitting next to me and she said, how do you take off this hard part of the shrimp? And I could have easily done it for her. I could have easily just taken her shrimp, put them on my plate, and shelled and deveined the shrimp for her but instead what I did is I said okay I'm gonna pick up mine you pick up yours and I'm gonna show you step by step how to do this you know first take off the legs then put it belly side up and open the shell and then pinch the tail and all the flesh comes out and then you got your shrimp so we did this together for a few times and I said to her at the end, I kind of just like had a moment actually, cause I had already been thinking about this, this episode and I had been thinking about, you know, these topics cause that's what I do. I contemplate them constantly probably, but, um, I was thinking about this and I said to her, I had this moment, I was like, oh, this is a teaching moment. So I said to her, do you know why 
I taught you how to do this instead of just doing it for you. And she like kind of looks, she has this like thinking face and then she looks at me, she goes, yeah. So that I will always know how to do it even when you're not eating shrimp with me. Like how, I couldn't have planned that. (laughs) That was perfect. (laughs) It's the perfect story for this episode. Our friends, our loved ones, our partners, our teachers, our faith communities, our gurus, our whatever, fill in the blank, people who are important to us, they are there to teach us how to devein and shell the shrimp so that when they're not there we can do it ourselves they're there to teach us the music so that even when the songwriter is long gone we can sing the song and we know the song in our deepest heart that's I think what it looks like to seek peace outside of us and then let it become a process of seeking peace inside of us but I think it has to go in that order and I think we have to be pretty patient with ourselves and I think that's fair so here's my invitation to you this week we've been talking about receiving this kind of love like receiving these words and affirmations from others so my invitation part a is if you find it difficult to believe this and you tend to deny these affirmations of truth and love about you that a loving good god has said about you and then your friends repeat those words to you If you find it hard to believe, my invitation to you is to try it on. Again, like this is the best analogy I can think of is like putting it on like a sweater. You know, see how it feels. Or like a new pair of shoes. You have to wear them in. You can't just try them on in the store. They're a little bit tight and you're like, no, this is never going to work. You have to walk in them for a while. You have to wear them in. You have to let them soften up. You have to let them form to your foot. Um... There's a whole lot of analogies in this episode, but man, they're working for me, so I'm doing it. So, you know, try, try on the shoe. If you're hesitant, try on the shoe. That's part A. Invitation part B is if you are the kind of person who feels as if you can offer this to others, to your friends, to your family members to maybe you already have peace within yourself and maybe it's time for you to offer this to others Um, because it's not it's definitely not about hoarding it for ourselves it's definitely not but it's also not giving out of compulsion like you obligation like you feel like you have to or or else you're a bad person or something like do it because you know what it feels like to have that done said to you like you know what those words feel like even when you don't believe them like you know how they feel in your guts so maybe you're ready to offer these things and may I say I've been on both sides of this and both have changed me 
in very different ways. What I've been on the receiving end and it's transformed me and I've been on the giving end and it's transformed me in a completely different way. It's magical. Like magical is not even a word that comes close to what I'm trying to say here, but try it. It's fabulous. If you feel you're ready, why not? And there is something actually very like, gosh, words are so lame. I can't find the right words. Um, the English language is so incomplete when I'm trying to express myself. Um, you will be changed when you offer the song of the beloved to someone else. That's all I can say. You will be changed when you invite someone to the table and you don't shame them. My blessing to you this week, my lifers, my friends, is this. This is from uh, the the prologue of The Interior Castle by St. Teresa of Avila, which is a very hearty, juicy, contemplative read, ancient read, but um, no need to read it. But the beginning of it is written by the translator Mirabai Star. And she says, I have this quote written on my desk in my right side up room it says listen quietly the one who loves you is calling so may you lifers listen quietly just quiet yourself find your heart quieted find yourself quieted so that you can hear the one who loves you calling and may you find what you are looking for Do you want to say have a good week? Have a good week. Have a great week, everybody. Take great care.
city singing time. 